International Short Stories, Volume 1, American Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Sean Grabowski. International Short Stories, Volume 1, American Stories. Edited by William Patton. Section 22, The Man from Red Dog, by Alfred Henry Lewis. Let me try one of them there cigars. It was the pleasant after-dinner hour, and I was on the veranda for a quiet smoke. The old cattleman had just thrown down his paper. The half-light of the waning sun was a bit too dim for his eyes of seventy years. Whenever I behold a cigar said the old fellow, as he puffed voluminously at the principe I passed over. I thinks of what that witness says in the murder trial at Socorro. "'What was you doing in camp yourself?' asked the judge of this year witness the day of the killing. "'Which,' says the witness, on crossing his legs, and letting on he ain't made bashful and uneasy by so much attentions being shown him, "'Which?' I was eating of a few sardines, a drinking of a few drinks of whiskey, a smoking of a few cigars, and a romancing around. After this abrupt, not to say ambiguous reminiscence, the old cattleman puffed contentedly for a moment. What murder trial was this you speak of? I asked. Who had been killed? Now, I don't reckon I ever does know who it is gets downed he replied. This year murder trial itself is news to me complete. I was wagging along with it when I trails into Socorro at that time, and I merely santers over to the court that way to hear what's going on. The judge is sort of getting in on the play while I'm listening. What was the last words of this year gent who's killed? asked the judge of this witness. As nearly as I keeps tabs, judge, says the witness, the dying statement of this person is four aces to beat. Which, if deceased, had knowed Socorro like I does, says the judge, like he's commenting to himself, he'd surely realize that such remarks is simply suicidal. Again the old cattleman relapsed into silence in the smoke of the principe. How did the trial come out? I queried. Was the accused found guilty? Which the trial itself, he replied, don't come out. There's a parcel of the boys who's come into town to see that justice is done. And being the roundup is going forward at the time, they naturally feels hurried and pressed for leisure. They alls oughter be back on the range with their cattle. Now, so the fifth day, when things is lurking along at the trial till it looks like the law has hobbled on, well, the word goes round it's going to be about a week yet before the jury gets action on this miscreant who's being tried, the boys becomes plumb aggravated and wearied out. That away and kicking the door of the calaboose, they searches out the felon. Swings him to a cottonwood, not otherwise engaged. And the right prevails. Naturally, the trial bogs down right there. 
After another season of silence and smoke, the old cattleman struck in again. Speaking of killings, well, I'm the last gent to go fostering ideas of bloodshed. I'm some discouraged just now by what I've been reading in that paper about a duel between some Italians. And it surely tries me the way them aliens plays boss. It's obvious the stars in a clear night never meant fight just a little bit. I abhors duels, cowers from the mere idea. But, after all, business is business. And when folks fight em, the objects of the meeting ought to be blood. But the way these year European shorthorns fixes it, gent surely runs a heap more risk of becoming an angel abrupt, tending of a Texas cakewalk in a purely social way. They ever fight duels in the West? Why, yes, some. My memory comes a cantering up right now to details of an encounter I once beholds in Wolfville. There ain't no much time throwed away with a duel in the Southwest. The people's mighty extemporaneous. Don't go browsing round none, sending challenges and riding. That sort of flapdoodle. When a gent notices the signs of getting about right for him to go on the warpath, he picks out his meat, surges up, and declares himself. The victim, who is most likely a mighty serious and experienced person, don't copper the play by making vain remarks, but brings his gatlin into play surprising. Next it's bang, 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 mixed up with flashes and white smoke. The duel's over complete. The gent, who still adorns our midst, takes a drink on the house, while St. Peter unbars things a lot and arranges gate and seat checks with the others in the realms of light. That's all there is to it. The tide of life again flows onward to the eternal sea, and nary a ripple. Oh, this here Wolfville duel. Well, it's this way. The day is blazing hot. Business laying prone and dead, just blistered to death. A parcel of us is sort of pervading around the dance hall, it being the biggest and coolest store in camp. A Monty game is struggling for breath in a a feeble, fitful way in a corner. Some of us is a-watchin' in, and some are sitting round loose, a-thinkin', but all keepin' mummin' still, cause it's so hot. Just then, some gent in a horse goes whoopin' up the street, yellin', a-whirlin' the loop of his rope, allowin' he's generally havin' a mighty good time. Who's this year tumultuous man on the horse? Says Enright, a regardin' of him and a displeased wave from the door. I meets him up the street a minute back, says Dan Boggs, and he allows he's called the man from Red Dog, says he's took a day off to visit us, and aims to lay waste the camp before he goes back. Hmm. Yeah, about then, the Red Dog man notes old Santa Rosa, who keeps the Mexican Bailey Hall and his woman, Maria fussing with each other in front of the New York store. They's locked horns over a drink or something, and is powwowing a mighty unamitable. Whatever's this year Mexican family mean, says the red dog man, a surveying of em plenty scornful, a dragging of their domestic brawls out here to offend a suffering public fur. Why ever don't they stay in their wiki up and fight? and not to take to putting it all over the American race, which ain't in the play none, 
and don't thirst therefore. However, I unites and reconciles this divided household easy. Now with this, the red dog man drops the loop of his lariat around the two contestants and jumps the bronco up the street like it's come out in a gun. Of course, Santa Rosa and Marie goes along on their heads promiscuous. They goes coasting along until they gets pulled into a mesquite bush. The rope slips off in the saddle and there they be. We alls goes over from the dance hall, extricating of them, and final they rounds up mighty hatless and weak and can only walk. They surely lose enough hide to make a pair of leggings. Which I brings them together like twins, says the red dog man, riding back for his rope. I offers two to one. No limit. They don't fight none whatever for a month. Which, as it surely looks like he's right, no one takes him. So the red dog man leaves his bluff a-hanging and goes into the dance hall. A given of it out cold and clammy, he meditates, blabbing. No promenade to the bar, yells the red dog man as he goes in. I'm a wolf, and it's my night to howl. Don't rouse me, barkeep, with a sight of merely one bottle. Set them all up. I'm some fastidious about my fire water and likes a chance to select. Well, we all takes our inspiration, and the red dog man tucks his under his belt and turns round to Enright. I takes it you're the old he-coon of this year outfit, says the red dog man supercilious-like. Which if I ain't, says Enright. It's plenty safe as a play to let your wisdom flow this away till the he-coon gets here. If there's anything, says the red dog man, I turns from sick. It's violence and devastation. But I hears such complaints constant this year camp of Wolfville. I takes my first idle day right over and line things up. Now you're a bee, and while I regrets it, I find you alls is a lawless, unregenerate set and a heap sight worse than rumor. Now I takes a notion... For I sees no other trail, that by next drink time, I climbs into the saddle, throws my rope round this denizen, and removes it from the map. Naturally, says Enright, some sarcastic, and making them schemes, you ain't looking for no trouble whatever, the band of tarpons like us. None whatever, says the red dog man, mighty confident. In thirty minutes, I distributes this year hamlet round the landscape, same as them graces. Which feet become in history, then I canters back to Red Dog. Well, says Enright, it's plenty plight to let us know what's coming this away. Oh, I ain't telling you none, says the Red Dog man. I simply let's fly this hint. So any of you alls has got a bric-a-brac of value special, he takes a warning some and packs it off all safe. Now it's about then when Cherokee Hall who's looking on, shoulders in between Enright and the red dog man, mighty positive. Cherokee is a heap sot in his ideas, and I sees right off he's took a notion again, the red dog man. Ash, you've got a lot of work cut out, says Cherokee, I am the red dog man, malignant. Suppose we tips the canteen again. I surely goes you, says the red dog man. I drinks with friend, I drinks with foe. With a part of my bosom and the shuddering victim of my wrath all similar. Cherokee turns out a big drink and stands a holding of it in his hand. I want to say right here, this Cherokee's plenty guileful. You was naming, 
says Cherokee. Some public improvements you plans to make. Such as moving this year camp round some, I believes. That's whatever, says the red dog man. And the holy cost I initiates is due to start in fifteen minutes. I've been figuring on you, says Cherokee. And I gives you the result in strict confidence without holding out a card. When you all talks of tearing up Wolfville, you're a liar and a horse thief. And you ain't gonna tear up nothing. What's this I years? Yells frenzied red dog man reaching for his gun. But he never gets it. For the same second, Cherokee spills a glass of whiskey straight in his eyes. And the next, he's anguished and blind as a mole. I'll fool this year human Simon up a lot says Cherokee, a hurling of the red dog man to the floor, face down, while his nine-inch boy shines in his hand like the sting of a wasp. I sure fixed him so he can't get a job clerking in a store. And, grabbing the red dog man's hire, which is as long as the mane of a pony, he slashes it off close in one motion. There's a fringe for your leggings, Nell, remarks Cherokee, uh, turning the crop over to Pharaoh Nell. Now, Doc... Cherokee goes on to Doc Pete's. Take this here red dog stranger over to the red light. Fix his eyes all right, and then tell him, if he thinks he needs blood in this, to take his Winchester and go north to the middle of the street. In twenty minutes, and by the watch I steps out in the dance hall door looking for him. Pointing the door all fair and square. I don't aim to play nothing low on this year, gent. He gets a chance for his ante. Doc Pete sort of accumulates a red dog, man, who is cussing and carrying on scandalous, leads him over to the red light. In a minute, word comes to Cherokee as his eyes is rounding up all proper, and that he's making war medicine, growing more hostile, constant, and to heal himself. At that, Cherokee, mighty calm, sends out for Jack Moore's Winchester, which is an eight squire, latest model. Oh, Cherokee, says Pharaoh Nell, beginning to cry and curling her arms around his neck. I'm afraid he's going to down you. Ain't there no way to fix it? Can't Dan Years settle this with Red Dog Man? Sir, says Dan Boggs, and I makes the trip too gleeful. Just to spare Nell's feelings, Cherokee, and, and not to interfere with no gent's little game, I takes your hand and plates it. Not none, says Cherokee. This is my deal. Now don't cry, Nelly, he adds, smoothing down her yaller hair. Folks in my business has to hold themselves ready to face any game on the word. And they never weakens or lays down. And another thing, little girl, I gets this red dog sharp shore. I'm in the middle of a run of luck, and I holds fours twice last night, with a flush and a full hand out again em. Nell at last lets go of Cherokee's neck, and, being a female and timid that way, Allows she'll go, and won't stop to see the shooting none. We applaud the idea, thinking she might shake Cherokee some if she stays, and of course, a gent out shooting for his life needs his nerve. Well, twenty minutes is up. The red dog man gets his rifle off in his saddle, and goes down to the middle of the street. Turning up his big sombrero, he squares round, cocks his gun, and waits. Then Enright goes out with Cherokee and stands him in the street about a hundred yards from the Red Dog Man. After Cherokee's placed, he holds up his hand for attention and says, When all's ready, 
I stands to one side and drops my hat. You all's fired will. The Enright goes over to the side of the street, counts one, two, three, and drops his hat. And bangity bang bang goes rifles like the roll of a drum. A Cherokee can work Winchester like one of these here Yankee alarm clocks. And that red dog hold up don't seem none behind. About the fifth fire, the red dog man sorter steps forward and drops his gun. And after standing on steady for a second, starts to crippling down at his knees. At last, he comes ahead on his face like a landslide. There's two bullets plumb through his lungs. And when we gets to him, the red froth is coming out in his mouth some plenteous. We packs him back into the red light and lays him onto a monte table. By me by, he comes to a little, and Pete's asks him whatever he thinks he wants. I want you alls to take off my moccasins and pack me into the street, says the red dog man. I ain't allowing for my old mother in Missouri to be told as how I dies in no gin mill. She surely abominates of them, and I don't die with no boots on neither. We alls packs him back into the street again and pulls away his boots. About the time we gets him off, he sags back convulsive. There he is, as dead as Santa Anna. What sort of a game is this, anyhow? Says Dan Boggs, who, while he stands there, has been pawing over Red Dog Man's rifle. Looks like this vivacious party's plumb loco. Here's his hind sights wedged up for a thousand yards, and he's been a shooting of cartridges with a hundred twenty grains of powder in them. Right between the sights and the jump of the powder. He's been shooting plumb over Cherokee and aiming straight at him. Nellie, says Enright, looking remorseful at the girl whose colors up and begins to cry again. Did you cold deck this year red dog sport this away? I'm frog, sobs Nell. He gets Cherokee, so I slides over when you all was waiting and fixes his gun some. Which I should surely concede you did, says Enright. The way that red dog gent manipulates his weeping shows he knows his game. Except for you as setting things up on him, I'm powerful afraid you'd spoil Cherokee a whole lot. Well, gents, goes on Enright after thinking a while. I reckons we alls might as well drink on it. History never shows a game yet, but a woman in it, which is on the squire, and we meekly bars of burdens with the rest. End of section twenty two.